Oh God, Mom. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Oh God, Mom, the mother-daughter-daughter podcast where we talk about things that are tricky for parents and kids to talk about. Uh, my name is Sawyer. I am 24 years old. I am here with my mother, Mom, Leanne. How old are you? I am 52. What a party. And <laughs> Lily is here as well. Lily, how old are you? I am 19. Oh, um, cool. So today... It's actually going to be a bit of a shorter episode, but a bit more meaningful, so stick with us. Um, We're going to be talking about working with charities and why it's important to us. So a lot of, we'll go into it later in this episode, but um, a lot of our life and sort of our bounce back from what was our rock bottom as a family um, was aided by various charities and people who helped us out. And so we really want to give back as a podcast and as a family. It's important, um, even though we're not really making a whole lot of money from the Patreon yet, uh, we're still going to be giving 10% of that to charities. And we're, we're trying to find the best charity that isn't affiliated with a company that sucks, like the Salvation Army, um, and isn't too overly Christian. So we're trying to find a good family where we can actually make a difference and support somebody who is really in need. If you have any suggestions of charities that follow that criteria, please let us know because um, we want to actually give something that will help. Yeah, and with with special focus on single parents, inner city, low-income housing, groups like that. We we obviously, of course... Parents in prison. It's like the whole charity about that. There's stuff like that. It'd be cool. That's that's sort of what we're looking to work with, and we'll let you guys know, obviously, once we decide. Well, we're going to do this for the holidays for sure, but this is our plan going forward, too. So even after the new year, we're going to start working with different charities. So if you do subscribe to our Patreon, you can do one of two things. If you're a regular donator every month, which we really appreciate. 10% will go to that. And we'll make sure that we have all the info up on our Patreon. Mm -hmm. If you just want to go in and pop in a donation one day towards the Patreon, that'll also go because you can do a one-time donation. That works Mm -hmm. too. But yeah, we'll talk a little bit again about more why, but we just really want to make sure that we're giving back as we're doing this project. Are you allowed to donate literally a dollar? Yes. I was just going to say because like if you want to do a one-time donation, you can donate literally anything. Even a yeah. dollar, still 10% will go to charity. Yeah. It all helps. It it's all adds up. Yeah. So, you know, this is something we really want to be creating a community with this thing that mm-hmm. we're working on. And, you know, podcasts are a dime a dozen these days. But what we are seeing is the more that you commit for a long time, make it a long-term project, the more likely it is to be successful like anything else. So we're planning on doing this for the foreseeable future yeah. until yeah. we decide we don't want to anymore, which doesn't seem to be happening anytime no. soon. Nope. <laughs> um, and we would just really love your help. We're going to be putting our own personal money towards it yeah. as well. Um, this is something that I think is really important. Great. So first we're going to start talking about some of the bad experiences that were darker times for us um, and maybe how we got out of them, maybe how they were just bad. Just sort of contributing to this conversation. Um, it's a little bit more serious, but it mean, remains to be said. Hopefully one of our stories will you'll be able to relate to it and be like, mm-hmm. oh, snap, they went through that. Yep. Yep. Okay. Mom, would you like to start? Sure, I'll start. I think it's always funny when you go through life, there's always going to be money problems. Everybody, I mean, most people, even the wealthiest people have gone through, even even though they don't look like it, they're having problems. But we came upon a time when we were really, really in trouble. We lost our uh, car. Mm-hmm. Um, we lost our apartment. I went to Vegas for six months and was an exotic dancer, otherwise known as a stripper, uh, so or topless, exotic. topless, it's so exotic, topless dancer. <laughs> At 40, 
years old. And it's super fun. It's it's such a crazy experience. And one of the reasons I think it's important for us to share things that were hard for us in the last 20 years is I was just talking about this recently because it's come up a few times and it doesn't even feel like it was my life anymore. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important because at the time it felt like I was never going to get out and also that I was a failure. Yeah. And so you're going to hit these times where you feel like you're a failure. I mean, when they took the car away and you know, it would be really easy to blame people for this. But the truth is, I put myself in the situation. I didn't think ahead. And so at the time, it felt like I was such a failure. But what I've really learned over the years is that all these things really created who I am, first of all. Second of all, you fall down, you just have to get back up. That's just the answer. And that was really what I learned from it. And it doesn't even feel like my life anymore. So sometimes it feels like it never even happened, which is super cool. If you're in yeah. the middle of something right now and you're like, this is always going to feel like this, it isn't. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'll say um, there one time I was in a psychology class and they were talking about how resiliency is the most powerful quality that a person can have. And if somebody is resilient, you know, there's like the three R's. I can't remember what the freaking other one were, but <laughs> resiliency was the one that spoke to me, obviously. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I see a lot of people. Maybe, honestly, because of where I went to school and all the privilege, but people love to just, like, give a ride up on things. Uh, And you know what? Good for them. But I will say (laughs) that um, a really big moment for me in life that sort of taught me something. It's something that I've actually been talking about a lot lately with mom and with a... I talked about it today at brunch with a friend. We've been talking about the concept of efforting and like put, forcing and pushing things to work because you don't think that any anything else will happen. Um, sort of the belief that you have to put all of the weight on of the world on your back because if you don't do it, who else is going to? And the more, obviously, I know everything because I'm 24, but the more that I... <laughs> It's true. It's true. But the more that I sort of let that go and the more that I see other people letting it go, like mom, for example, things just sort of come to you because obviously, even though you're not efforting, you're not forcing it, it's not like you stop working hard. Like I work extremely hard and I'm doing all these things all the time. But what I've been learning is that when I kind of take a step back and have just like a little bit of faith that things are going to be fine... They always are, and they work out in ways that I never could have imagined. So for a good example of this, um, going into sophomore year of my college education, we really did not have the money. Emerson is really expensive, and we had tapped out on all of our possible routes. Nobody in my family would co-sign on my student loans, or they couldn't. Our friends, we were having a hard time. We already had had to ask for a lot of money from people, so we were kind of just at capacity. Like, we'd done it all. And it was looking like I wasn't going to be able to go back to school in the past, I had always trusted that mom had just got it. Like, she was totally fine, even though I'm sure that that was not the case. But she always was just making it work. So I was like, it's okay. We were flying back from our grandfather's funeral. And mom, I remember her looking at me and just being like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, she just was done. And I was like, okay. And I, I could tell that she was ready for me to be like, okay, well, then I'll transfer to community college and let's do this. Um, but of course, that was not I was I not wanted. ready for that, by the way. That was not what I wanted. Yeah, but. it wasn't what you wanted, but I didn't think that there was another option. Yeah. So what I ended up doing was making a list of people that we could ask for money from. I believe that every 10 years, you get a GoFundMe moment. Maybe every <laughs> 20 now. So what I did was I set up a GoFundMe um, and I raised $6,000 in two days. And it was really incredible. The outpouring of support was really amazing and touching one of my best friends i can't say his name so be mad that i said it but he gave me he just like came over to our house and dropped off a thousand dollars like 
People donated. Uh, one of the, this girl that I knew from a UCLA pre-college camp donated two hundred dollars. So sweet. I hadn't spoken to her in years. Like people came from all over the woodwork to yeah. donate. And I'm I'm not saying that that's going to work for everybody. I feel really lucky that people wanted to give to me. But also, I'm an easy cause to give to. I work incredibly hard. And, you know, when I, we were pushing for so long, when I stopped the efforting, we did that, people turned out. And then we were able to do the rest. I yeah. Know, I What's out. really funny is I remember that moment so clearly um, because I was giving up. And what was really cool about it was that I had always been the one who was like, no, we can do this. But as we sat there in the plane, so I was like, absolutely not. We can do this and pulled out a notebook and just started writing. And I was like, it just, it reignited me. I was like, right, no, yeah, okay, we can't, yeah, we need to ask for help. And sometimes yeah. I think that's one of the keys is knowing when to ask for help. Or I know people hate this, but I really do believe even the bad stuff is for our greater good. It makes us better. It throws us in a direction we might not have taken. We learn from it. We grow from it. The truth is... I wouldn't change one moment for the last 52 years, particularly the last 15, because they definitely have created who I am and who we are as a family, which I'm really proud of. Yeah, so, me too. Yeah. So yeah, that's a fun story. There are many yeah. more like that. But um, yeah. Mine that I have decided on is during my freshman year of college, I was like madly depressed, which I've definitely talked about here before, um, because I hated it. Not the school itself. I just hated Everything. Um, my roommates were absolute terrorists to me. Like, they literally tried to get me kicked out of our apartment. They, like, set me up to get in trouble, all this stuff. And I was, like, super alone because I didn't know anyone except, like, a couple people who I wasn't that close with. It was really it was really early on in the year when that had not become the focal point of the issue yet. Like, I wasn't so into being, like, super lonely and terrible yet. I was more just, like, it's the first couple. Like, it was, like, the first month, I feel like. And I was going to hang out with my friend Chloe and we were going to make pasta at my house because we lived in the, we had kitchens like in our dorms, which was really nice. But um, we were going to make pasta and I had like $5 and I had pasta and I was out of butter. And I went downstairs to the store at our school to buy butter and it was $8 for the cheapest possible Insane. pack of butter at my state, my Cal Awful. State college campus. Insane. And I literally, le- I went back upstairs and started like sobbing and texted her. And I, I, li- like, I texted and was like, sorry, we can't hang out because I'm too poor to buy f- butter. And I was like sitting alone in my single bedroom dorm, like sobbing literally about the fact that I couldn't buy butter. Because I have, I'm not, I, this is, this is true. We have been very poor and I have always felt very poor. People always say like, we never felt poor. That's why <laughs> you feel poor all the time when you're poor. Cause it's being constantly shoved down your throat, especially yeah. in Los Angeles, especially in our school systems. There are people in my life who've always made pun of me for like being poor, for not having like nice clothes and stuff. And so it's not, ridiculous. I didn't care, but I felt poor. I always felt poor. But the one time that I was actually like, Like that was like the, I don't know why, but I was like, I was just so sad. And it was like one of the worst moments. I called my mom and I was like, I can't afford to buy butter to eat pasta. Like that's it. And then Chloe, by the way, responded and was like, hey, I have butter. It's all good. And like came over and made pasta. But it was like literally like the low, it was the first like really low moment that I had in college where I was like, I am literally so poor and there's nothing 
I live in a city where um, you can't really get a job without experience. And there are no jobs because it's like the most overpopulated city in the state. Yeah. And it's incredibly impossible to get a job when I'm on campus and has to be close to me, all this stuff. And then the second you get a job that's an hour away, you can't get there because of the muni and all this dumb bullshit. And I literally have never felt more poor than in that moment because Sawyer said this too, but like there was never a time when I was scared I totally felt poor all the time, but I was never like scared that we were gonna be homeless. Yeah. This is never something I was afraid of because anytime mom would like always be like open with us and talk to us about like the money situation, but it would always literally, the story always ends with, I'll figure it out, whatever. Yeah. And it's never <laughs> not gone that way. Yeah. So I never think about it like anything bad's really gonna happen within yeah. our family unit, but I'm an adult and that was me being like, I myself have no money, like me, I am yeah. poor. And that's like a weirdly different feeling um, that I feel like every kid who isn't wealthy feels in college where they're yeah. like, I myself, it's not my family, I'm poor. Like it's me now. Right, it's sort of this thing where you just like, when you graduate or when just as soon as you're away from home, the burden of the hard work is sort of just like pushed over to you. Even if it's not like, obviously mom didn't make us feel no. gross about it or whatever, but. She did her best to make us feel as wealthy as we possibly could yeah. and it has always gone very well it's just that you can't pretend like we're not poor yeah, I mean, like, it's, it's something that i think i don't know pablo noticed it when we were at a party at one of my friend's house um a couple weeks ago where there was this kid there who i went to high school with and uh he's a loser he's a he's, he's an unbearable person i've yeah, never liked him not great um super annoying but all he would do pablo was like it's such an interesting way that everybody from where you grew up excuse me talks because it's all about money. It's just all about making money. And it right. affects them all in these weird, awful ways. And I tried really hard to sort of dismantle that. Um, or just detach myself from those people. Because where we grew up is pre a pretty toxic environment. Um, I guess, yeah. I what's don't know. crazy is, well, so first of all, we aren't poor. Which no, is not what's crazy. We were very poor at but the time, though. even then, I'm going to say that. We always had a clean house to live in. It wasn't in a bad neighborhood. No, like, in no. so many ways, we were not. Yeah. But I mean, we live in Redondo. I do in the think ghetto. that in the last yeah. few Quote, months, Beach. true, from doing this podcast, it uh, I would say that, and this is a little braggy, but it's just true, we may, we may not have monetary wealth, but we are so not poor compared to our friends. And no, we are yeah. so, I mean, we have relationships with each other. Yeah, we are and, like yeah. so well supported so, by like hundreds of people. Which is something you need yeah. to remember when you're in it because you are not alone either, even when you feel like it. I will say we are all speaking from a place of privilege. Like we weren't, we we were poor for this zone, but yeah, we, we did grow up in Los Angeles. In Beach. Yeah, I mean, like it's really nice. The thing is, if we had left this city, we probably would have been way better off. But we didn't want to leave. That we was would a have lot. Been would better off financially. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. <laughs> yeah. I have loved every second of living here, regardless of what money has right. But I'm, I'm of saying that, but. that we're privileged because it's not. Maybe some people who are out there who. Like, maybe you are alone. We're all white. We're women. Yeah. We're, like, straight presenting, so it's easy. You know, like, there's yeah. no... For us, like, it's an easy cause to support us being nice. It, it, I can only imagine how hard it must be as a woman of color or, like, any person who is 
well, not of the norm. Yeah, yeah whatever. If you're different in any way. And I mean, think of all of the GoFundMe's that I've seen for trans people trying to have surgery and right, transition. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're GoFundMe's that have been going on for 15 years yeah. because that's how long it takes to drum up 10 grand for them. Yeah. You know? So it's, well, it's you know. And the other thing I think, the thing I think that um, we can speak to and I think is something that people don't talk about is that you know, when you're a single parent and you could be a single father or mother, it, it's lonely when you yeah. don't know how you're going to pay for stuff. Yep. And you, you know, I used to say I would do anything for the girls and then I got to find out exactly what that meant. And that is how I felt about the last few years. But I also had lots of, um, I mean, it's crazy. I had a college degree, um, pretty smart. But I still couldn't get a job that would pay for our life. And I also couldn't get um, assistance, even though I tried, because it's a ridiculous process that was going to take years, and we never could get any of that. And so I just think it's important just, you know, the lessons I learned was ask for help, um, you know, take care of myself as best I could, make sure that everybody's safe, do all those kinds of things. But one of the reasons we want to partner with a charity Mm -hmm. is – that uh, we all have some specific, I mean, Sawyer told one of hers, I guess what we're trying to say is we understand what it's like. We understand the stigmas that go with it. And even though we grew up in a nicer place, then that just meant people were more judgmental and, and held stigma. I still meet people who are like, how are you? <laughs> like, I am freaking great. Oh, Thank yeah. you. Yeah, people are so weird <laughs> about so it. Are you guys okay? Where I do you was... live now? What do you do yes. for a living? Wait. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah I run a multi-region portion people of the company. So yeah. I'm super successful, you know. Yeah, I was going to say pertaining to like the help we tried to get from like that. I mean, she's talking about like we tried to get government help. And yeah, we have we family totally members did. who are currently trying and we know people who have it. All the stuff, but I was literally, I was just yesterday having a conversation with a fellow I hang out with. He is someone who is like in my friend group and mm-hmm. I care about him very much. He's a very sweet boy. He was very different opinions from me in like every possible way, but he is never, he's like one of my friend's friends who I met basically. And he's just like, he always tries to have like very political conversations with me and with my friend Chloe, who is um, dating my best friend. And she's um, an African-American girl. And he often tries to talk to her about how he doesn't think there's racism in the country and just starts all these arguments. So yesterday he was trying to talk to me about privilege and stuff. He is a white boy who grew up in Manhattan Beach and is very wealthy and doesn't understand how much of a privilege that is, truly, because he was like, well, there's government, like the government offers you everything you need to be successful. And I was like, you don't get to say that because when have you ever experienced the need to utilize that? He was like, well, what do you mean? Like, what do you think? And I was like, well, we tried. We have put in applications for that stuff and never received it because we were too wealthy to be poor in the eyes of the government. That's what happened. Well, the other thing is if you don't have it, let's just say, let's really paint the picture. Let's say you don't have a car. So if you have to go to the government agencies, which are never located close by, multiple times, stand in line for hours. What are you, how are you supposed to do that with a job? Like, or with your kids, even like Planned Parenthood, which is a cheap way to get, uh, it's a way to get medical attention. It's a five hour wait. Like, it just we don't everything make it that easy is free and is actually easy to get. Like Planned Parenthood is so exhausted of the funds they do have that none of it is even useful for half of the people who it's like marketed towards. Yeah, most people can't do those things. Well, is I my mean, point. it is it is useful, but I think a lot of their stuff is outdated. I mean, if you've ever been to Planned Parenthood, it's, I'm just saying like they're so overcrowded, underfunded no, yeah. for how yeah. much they should be funded. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's it's. 
crazy. It's which, just like from a person from privilege who has never had to utilize any of the things they believe government is doing or whatever is doing to help us, they don't understand how much it can be helpful, yes, but how difficult the process is or like how much it takes to just get to Planned Parenthood and wait for six hours to get well, birth control for free. And yeah. also we have somebody in our family who is just trying to get housing because of being left with small children and, and needing help. And it's been months because you just, you're at the mercy of theirs. So what if you had no place to live and you're waiting for months? Yeah. That's how people get in shelters. And so, and they're anyway, waiting for months all of that. because there are so many people trying to get this right, aid. Right, it's all, right. it's a vicious cycle. But the other thing I was going to say is um, quick plug to the hustlers movie, which I took my mother to see on her birthday, which is very reminiscent of like a lot of the things we talked about where like, it's about, these strippers who are all pretty much all single moms who have to do the things that they do because they believe it's literally the only way. And it's just like this crazy movie and something they say in it, um, like a lot of the times, like a big theme of the movie is that motherhood's a mental illness. Mm. And <laughs> you just have to think about all the things, like you can't put a price on what you would give to be alive because the answer is everything. And it's not fair to ask that question because if you ask that question to a billionaire, He's not going to, he's going to be like, well, you know, I don't have to give that much, whatever. If you ask the question to us or people who are worse off than us, like really low-class families, people who are homeless, they will give literally everything and anything they have to be alive. And it's not fair. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. And yeah. that's why we are trying to make a difference in this way. Um, yeah. Don't know if y'all have noticed, homelessness is really bad. Everything is kind of uncertain right now. And <sighs> while I do think that it's very lazy to just assume that the world's ending, um, I also think that the world is kind of ending and the only way to keep Human it race from, is ending. Maybe. But the only way to, to keep it from being so awful is to do the harder thing, which is not just to roll over and be like, it's over, but is to yeah. dig your heels in, make good choices, and work as hard as you can to help the people around you. And you, freaking help each other. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's kind of what we're saying. Like, help each other, even if it's a little bit... I, it used to be... I remember growing up, people like, don't give money to whatever. Bullshit. Give money. So a, a couple of stories we're going to share. One time, so when I owned my pole dancing studio, uh, it was somewhere around the time before we lost our car and different things. It was the Christmas that we just had no money for gifts for anything. Mm. And um, I was closing up one night. Actually, the story still makes me track, get teary-eyed. I was closing up one night. We were two blocks from my where we lived and I went heard something under the door and when I went to pick it up it was an envelope with a thousand dollars cash in it and I remember and this was one of many times and I could list off a lot of people who may not even realize they just one time did a thing that helped me just mentally and emotionally keep going. And yes, of course, your kids don't have to have presents at Christmas, but you just feel like the worst parent. But you don't get the privilege of having yeah. presents at Christmas until it becomes a, what if we don't have them? Right. And so that money, and the best part of the story is, I later learned just a few years ago that all of the students that took classes from me um, just put in whatever they could in the envelope. Wow. And gave it to us. Yeah. And that's how we, and it made a huge difference. And so that's when we were talking about this idea of giving with Oh God Mom and what we're really doing with Oh God Mom. We want to do that for people. Yeah. Um, there was a time when Sawyer wanted to be in the high school play. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I did, had a big sale. 
and people were so nice. <laughs> yeah. They were giving like people, $20 yeah, for, like, uh, for like two cookies. Like it was, it was really sweet. If you ever have a bake sale, don't price things at a dollar. Just say <laughs> you can pay whatever you want for anything. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. That's the, well, that's and the he, key. You know, people are like, they deserve this. And Lily also wanted to go on this trip that her sister had gone on when we were in a different position financially to, to Australia. Australia. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Um, it was an amazing trip that Soraya had gone on when she was 12. I was also 12 at the time then. And um, I had been invited to go. It was a really cool program where you go with a bunch of other kids, with a, which was really interesting for me because I was one of the only kids with my background. I was pretty much the only white kid in the group. Yeah, and it was really it was an amazing experience. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, really cool. You travel to Australia for like a week and a half with these kids and like with these crazy different people you've never met before. And um, I love to bake. So I um, baked gourmet cupcakes and sold them for like $5 a cupcake to our family and friends who bought them all the time forever. I had like a meal where people like our family friends like bought plates at the meal and like cooked a three, five course meal <laughs> as like a 12 year old child with like the help of our, of my yeah. friend's brother who was 16. Like we've done so many different things to just make money and people have always supported and us. so generous. Yeah, because there's a difference between just being like, we need money and also being like, okay, put this is Put in rough. effort, yeah. Yeah, like, but I'm- If I'm you can, put in effort. Yeah. And it just made such a difference. So we wanted, that is why we want to do this with yeah. the charity. And we also just want to remind you that if you're in a place where it's really hard right now, you don't have to jump over a building. You don't have to jump over a house. All you got to do is take one step, just one step in a direction you need to go and also ask people to help you. Honestly, this is so lame, but this is a really good quote from Frozen 2. Um, <laughs> I quoted Hustler, so it's fine. It's fine. Fair. I also, never mind. They, well, this one character, I guess, can see the future. It wasn't revealed on the previous one, but whatever. Sure, It's like course. a little stone troll and he can see the future. And so he says that he... Um, can't see anything in the future, that it's all black. Mm, and ooh, like they're like crazy. at the precipice of the story, right? This is the inciting incident, you know, the, the plot is unfolding. And he's like, I look into the future and I see nothing. And when that happens, when you see nothing in your future, the only thing that you can do is the next right thing. It's kind of brilliant. It is really Like you can't right. think of it as like, I have to do all these things. You just get to do what is right next. Yeah, Disney really is rolling out the hits these days. Yeah, but, sometimes um, it's just about anyway. getting out of bed. And doing what you have to do that morning. So yeah, yep. I agree. So so anyway, that's that's that. Um, please call us or hit us up. Or I guess don't don't call me. Don't but, call but us. Like, you call us. Post us on our Facebook. Email us at ohgodmomteam at gmail .com. Um, are we checking that? We are. <laughs> that's great. Every day. And we if we hit, if you hit our Patreon, we'll start posting exactly what we're doing for the holidays. Yep. You will um, know where the donations go to all the time. And yep. the other portion of that money is just going to support this podcast so we can keep mm -hmm. doing it because we yep. really love doing it. Yeah, we we're just, not really making a revenue, but... <laughs> no, we just bought me a sweet little microphone, which is how yeah. we recorded our last episode in San yep. Francisco, which will yeah. hopefully be better sound quality next time. Yeah. We'll I believe. Better. We'll figure it out. We're new. Anyway, Next steps, but thank you so much again. Please donate to our Patreon. Follow us on all the things. Um, that's it. Yeah. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Happy freaking holidays. <laughs> <laughs>